Hi, everybody. Dr. Mary Crowley here uh, with one of my favorite people, Todd Coconato. He's a pastor. He's also got his own podcast, The Todd Coconato Show, and he's a revivalist. He's seeing God do mighty things uh, right now during this season, and there's a great awakening. So we're both here at the Reawaken America tour here in Akron, Ohio, where it's the frozen chosen up here, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's cold. So, um, so Todd, great having you here. You're actually going to be doing some broadcasting too here, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing some broadcasting. But uh, my favorite thing to do here is the baptisms and to lay hands on people and see people getting set free and healed and delivered, which not a lot of people know happens on these tours. So that's one of the main reasons. People say, Pastor Todd, why do you go? Well, there's a lot of reasons why I go and get to hang out with friends like Mary. But, you know, the real reason is for souls. And uh, we're seeing people really get touched on these. So, uh, you know, that's what you don't hear in the media when they do these hit pieces. They don't say about the baptisms and the people that are getting saved and set free. And so, uh, you know, the line, uh, I think you were in San Antonio or Texas, but the line in, in Texas when we were there, it just it went from like 1230 in the afternoon when I spoke. And I said, if anybody needs prayer, come on out. I was out there to like four o'clock. No joke, Mary. And people just kept coming. Some people, it was like a room like this and people were falling on the ground getting slain. I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing. So um, one of the reasons why we do these. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Todd, I've interviewed Todd before, so I know a lot of his story. But, you know, I, I live in L.A., you know, the Hollywood, you know, area. Yep. And I'm working on a movie about, you know, the whole Jesus movement. Yes. A radical hippie from the 60s named Monty Frisbee, which was the catalyst for a movement with Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel. Yep. But, uh, you know, anyway, it's called The Prodigal. But we're at the season of a great awakening. Yes. And you had been an actor. Why don't yeah. you share just a little bit of your story when you were young? Yeah. No, I was in Hollywood. You know, my parents actually were in Ohio right now. I was born in Ohio. And then we moved out to uh, Los Angeles and like about eight years old. And from eight to 16, I was in Hollywood. I had a really good agent, really good manager. I was one of the top agencies in the Hollywood area for young people. So I got a lot of work. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of principal roles, a lot of recurring roles. But I think why the Lord allowed that, uh, and by the way, you made really good money doing that, uh, but he allowed me to see firsthand what was going on in Hollywood, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, what I did find is that there's Christians that are on the sets that are praying. There's, you know, little Christian infiltrators that are in the makeups and, you know, uh, studio, you know, PAs and stuff. So that was cool. Um, but, you know, I saw a lot of stuff. Some of my friends got molested. Um, some of them got, you know, casting couch type of experiences. Those things actually do happen. Um, there's a lot of abuse sexually. Obviously, a lot of it's come out in the last couple of years, but we've known this for years. And I really believe we're in a season of expose where the Lord is allowing this stuff to come out. People are waking up in the droves and understanding this stuff is happening. Um, I, I think there's a, you know, for lack of a better word, there's like a cabal in Hollywood that controls a lot of what's going on. Uh, very closely connected. In fact, I think there's a plumb line to D.C. and to the deep state. And so there's a lot of the same messaging and propaganda and information that's all kind of tied in, um, which, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl a few minutes ago. So I did this video about the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, for years, I've been talking about the halftime show. And because there's all these like, you know, demonic um, signs and different things that, you know, ritualistic stuff that happens. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's conspiracy. But if you really look at it, and you really yeah. study, it's kind of hard to deny because it's so in our face. Well, and last year, and we're going to talk briefly about this year, but last year, it was so apparent with the oh, weekend. Yes. You know, the, the singer yes. weekend, and he comes down from the sky so and red coat. Oh. And, yeah. I mean, anyway, 
that was horrible. But this year, why don't you share a little bit? Because I, I'd like to hear this. So here's here's how this all ties in. You say, well, how does this tie into you being in Hollywood and you being an actor? So when I lived, I lived in Porter Ranch, California, and right next door to me was this guy named Mailman. And Mailman was one of the producers that worked with Dr. Dre. In fact, he did a lot of the beats for Dre that Dre, you know, Dre's known for his beats. And so I would go next door on the left side of my house as a young person, you know, in my late teens and hang in the studio. It was the coolest thing for me. And of course, they were all smoking weed and you know doing all <laughs> kinds of stuff in the studio. I thought it was cool at the time just before I was saved. Um, but, you know, just I saw firsthand, you know, that crowd, what they're up to, uh, the lifestyle. And so this year, fast forward many, many years you know, later, and who's in the Super Bowl? Dr. Dre, Eminem. These are people that would all go by Mailman Studio that I've met before. And so, you know, I feel like, again, the Lord gave me like a firsthand view of this stuff, being in Hollywood, having my neighbors be in the music industry, seeing this stuff firsthand. I did a little bit of music, too, uh, because if you're an actor, you work you know, closely with the music industry as well. Uh, so anyway, you know, I kind of saw all these things. And um, so there was Christians, Mary, that were saying, I'm so glad this year it was family friendly. This year it was, you know, so much better. And, you know, I really had to think about this and like so much better. You know, I saw, did we see the same halftime show? Uh, yeah. But I think what it is, is our society and even the church, we've got so used to such evil, such demonic stuff, you know, in our face that when they pull back a little bit and it's a little bit less in our face, people are like, oh, okay, it's better now, you know, and we're willing to settle for like mediocre because it's a little bit better. But there was a lot of symbolism still this year. Um, and, you know, it made me so I did a video and it went viral. I didn't expect it to go viral. But it was about exactly what we're talking about. But what I said is, you know, I grew up in the gangster rap era. I listened to Tupac, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Like I said, I lived next door to one of their producers. I partied with them. I hung out with them. I saw the lifestyle. So, you know, I thought I was a little suburban gangster, you know, like the, <laughs> the kids that went to my school. They thought that, too. You know, we listened to gangster Did rap. Did you have a name? Yeah, I even had a name. I mean, what was you your know, name? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think now what my name. White I'm, boy. Or they no, call me. Kidding. They call me T Dog because my name's Todd. You oh, T yeah. Dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or so T Money, T Dog. Okay. T Dog. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of stupid, but actually, here, first time breaking news on Mary Crowley's show. They also call me Chronic Todd. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Why did you smoke Chronic? Was that I it? smoked Chronic, okay. and, and I people lived don't in, know what Chronic is. Yeah. It's a really intense form of weed right and it was really new back then because you know it was kind of just coming out snoop dog you know dr dre the chronic so it was all like this lifestyle yeah. and and the whole thing about why i'm sharing this is not to glorify it it's actually to share that it was a lie um you know mtv pushed this you know this was what so we got involved in this lifestyle and let me just say this okay uh the left talks about women's rights the left talks about caring about women but for whatever reason when they call a woman a B or an H, you know, and I want to say the full right. word in these rap songs, you don't hear like anybody. Like what Santa says. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you can figure okay. out B, B. Um, but, you know, for some reason, the the way that the, that culture, that lifestyle treats women is overlooked. And and for some reason, they get a pass, you know. And, and so, you know, these songs, the lyrics, I mean, look, just take any Eminem song. I mean, pretty much anyone and just pull up the lyrics online. And look what he's talking about. And and you're going to tell me that's family friendly. You're going to tell me that that's setting up young people for success. So our whole generation, I'm a generation Xer. I mean, we, we grew up on, you know, I lived in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, like where I'm at in Ohio now, it's kind of cool to be a football player. In Los Angeles, it was cool to be a little wannabe gangster. That was like the cool people, you know. So this was how we were raised in high school. There was drive-bys. There was kids getting jumped. 
uh, they were treating women bad because of these songs, calling them B's and H's. And, you know, and it was and so we were told a lie. And so uh, I, I did not appreciate uh, this year's Super Bowl show because I think that was once again, uh, you know, example, exemplifying that lifestyle to us and showing us, you know, that's OK. That's cool. You know, why in America don't we push family values? Why don't we push? You know, if we really care about women, why don't we we talk about treating women with respect and with honor? And uh, and doing what the Bible says, loving as Christ loved the church, you know, pretty big deal. You know, so I, I think we're a long way from where we want to be. And uh, I have a, you know, a three year old that I wouldn't feel comfortable sitting there watching these women half naked dressing, you know, jumping around and doing all these. Well, yeah, types like of Mary J. Blige. I mean, God bless her. But I mean, she had on these. Yeah. Like radically short things. And then, of course, I think it was 50 cents. Uh, one of the rappers, I mean, you had all these like in hell or something girls right? around him yeah. that, you know, short shorts, you know, you know, doing their like little, pole dances, basically yeah, pole dances yeah. and everything. It, it was far from family, far friendly. From family friendly. And it's so many people sit there with their kids in the room yeah. and they're influenced by this. And, and why is no one talking about, you know, church leaders, pastors, why are we pushing back as Christians when there's so many Christians in America, churches on almost every corner, you know, why? I, it, something has to change, Mary, you know, in our society. Well, and also I heard a decode on, on it, and it just showed that how many of these guys, like Dr. Dre in particular and Eminem, they've actually made in their songs, they they have lyrics that are talking about Satan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people were trying to tell me whether well, they're sober now. And look, like I said, if they come to my church, just like anybody, I will respect them. I'll give them love. But, you know, I'm going to teach them about Jesus. I'm going to talk about the word. They're welcome, but it's the sin not the sinner that we hate, but, you know, the sin. But the thing is, we have to call out the sin and we can't be like putting a stamp on it and saying family friendly. It's OK. You know, it's not, you know, well, you know, I thought was cool about. See, I live in, in L.A. and, you know, for a long time we didn't have a team. Yeah, that was cool. But I have now we've got, you know, two teams, the right. Rams and the Chargers. But the fact that, you know, Cooper Cup. You know, who was a right. wide receiver. Yeah, that was cool. You know, yeah. he had a dream. I mean, he basically, why don't you, do you know the story? Why don't you share the story? I don't know much of the story, but I know that he said something about the Lord spoke to him about something that he was going to win. Well, I'll share the story. I didn't even know. I thought Cooper Cup, this, who is this guy? You know, right. and now I know the story. Wide receiver, Christian, I guess three years earlier he had been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he, they lost. But God told him in three years yes. you're going to win and you're going to become most valuable player. Yes. And at the last couple minutes, you know, he gets the, you know, he catches it. They win. And it was coming down to the last wire. And then That's there was right. another that guy, 99. I know he was the right. 99. That was his number. Yeah. And he was able to tackle somebody. And and then he was going like this, the ring. But then he also was giving Gave glory, glory to, to God. God. So well, there's two guys. You got the Rams. Yes. Now, the second. this was 22 years yes. from when the Rams won the Super Bowl last. was 22 years prior. So God here brings back not only one team, but two. Right. And now it's the Rams in their new stadium. Right. And so God is saying it's double portion, double power, Restore double California. Promise. Come on. Yeah. Right? So we're going to see yeah. a greater move of God than what happened in Azusa Street in Los Angeles in 1906 when uh, William Seymour, yep. a son of a slave. Yep. Who fought in the Union Army under emancipated under That's right. Lincoln? That's right. Do you know when the Azusa Street outpouring was April 9th, 1906? Do you know the day the Civil War ended 41 years prior was April 9th, 1865? Come on. Come on. God brings an outpouring. That's right. With the son of a former slave who fought in the Union 
during the Civil War who died because of injuries in the war. Now God brings an anointing through his son. Yes. Now that brings forth the movement, millions of people around the world. Yes. Well, and I love what you're talking about because, see, it's just when I talk about the NFL, it's the corporate you know, entity behind the NFL that's pushing the, the propaganda. and the, But the people, the players, yeah. there's some players that love the Lord. There's some good yeah. players, you know. And so that's what I think is happening is, is that the players are coming out and speaking about the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord is going to turn this around for his glory because now – there, this all is coming out. Everything is all the you know the lies of the fake news media. The, the Lord showed me we're at like a Mount Carmel moment. And if you remember yeah. with uh, the prophet Elijah, yes. you know he called out the prophets of Baal. And I really believe even like this Reawake America tour, it's like the truth tellers are coming out. We're speaking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're talking about the truth. Then you got the fake news media. You got the corporations. You got all the all the liars out there. You know the the big tech, big pharma. You know, and they're they're the prophets of Baal. So what's happening is we're at this Mount Carmel moment prophetically, and and we're be, they're being called out, and so that's why there's the tension and the and the warfare, and we're we're experiencing this, and there's a shaking in the body of Christ from the wheat from the chaff. You know, it's it's all coming to a head. It's like we're in this like apex movie moment right now. You yeah. know, where it's all coming to a head. But as you said about those those players that came out, it doesn't matter that the corporation that has the propaganda and the negative stuff, they're being called out. But then God is raising up his people yes. to speak truth and, and righteousness. And so I believe California, you know, people say California can't be saved. You know, California is done. You know, I don't think that. I think that the Lord has used California many times before and he wants to restore and redeem and have truth tellers and people that are speaking truth. So it's well, like Mount 19, Carmel. Just to interject this whole Mark Comer thing. It was when God told Elijah to go with the prophets yes. of Baal. I mean, they were they were sacrificing children. That's right. They were burning them. At the, I mean, Lots all of this similarities. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a showdown. We are in a showdown right now. That's this right. This is a showdown between the demonic realm and God. And it's not even a, a, a show. I mean, no. it's God's show. That's right. That's why God said the greatest show on earth is getting ready to happen. Yes. God's going to show up and show off. In 1996, you know, I was in San Diego. God said to me, there's a greater move of God coming yes. than the Jesus movement. Yes. I did not know what the Jesus movement was, but let me tell you, during that movement, now I know the story because I'm doing a movie about right. it called The Prodigal, but it was like dark. You had, you know, the, the, the free speech movement out of Berkeley. You had yep. the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King. Yep. You had the, the women's movement. You had all these movements at the end of the 60s when they said God is dead. Right. God started breathing. Oh, I feel the anointing. Yes. Breathing upon these dry bones. And all of a sudden, God raised up the Jesus movement That's with this right. hippie. That's right. Who had been molested when he was eight years old. I mean, he had gotten into the bisexual lifestyle. Yep. And in 17 years old on a mountain outside of Palm Springs, he drops LSD, which mm. many, many kids he had done many times. Mm -hmm. And he said, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he had a vision of the Pacific Ocean filled with people in darkness. And Jesus appeared to him and said, and put a light on you to reach lost people. Yes. This is all about the lost That's right That's what now. it's all about. It's all about the harvest. It's all about souls. The minute that we start you know, going back to souls, I'm telling you, you know, a, a few years ago, the ministry was struggling. And the Lord said, you know what? Your ministry? Yeah. Yeah. He said, you know, financially, he said, focus on souls and see what I do. We shifted from everything else, marketing, all these other things that ministries sometimes try to do. And we just started focusing on souls. And the Lord started bringing in the resources, the finances. This is what he wants. He wants us to focus on the harvest, yes. you know, because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And as long as you stay in that place of, of focusing on the souls, it's not about you. It's not about your name. It's not about your ministry. It's about souls. All of a sudden you see the anointing is with you. 
the Lord will open doors, resources. And I, I really, we're seeing people raised up in California that are coming out of, no, you know, just where this person come from, you know, the Lord is anointing them. Yes. And, and there's, there's, you know, all types of things from beach, uh, you know, um, baptisms, baptisms happening up, worship yeah. services, uh, you know, all different types of things up and down the coast. My friend Mario has been going up and down California. Yeah. And he's seeing, uh, you know, his, he had to get a bigger tent because there's so many people that are, well, you coming. know, I just heard, uh, today, uh, Ashley listening to a station, a Christian station on my way over here. They were saying that most of the girls, because they're looking at social media, the two things they ask them, what do you want in life? They said to be thin and to be famous. Mm. And see, that's what they're, yeah. they have their, you know, the, the guys and the girls right. they look up success. to. Success. That's success. Yep. And so that's even what the rap propagates, you know, that's Hey, right. you know, if, if I, you know, become yeah. this big it's rapper all about the benjamins you know yeah. and you know all these but women so, and uh, so you know. that's the thing that's who they're looking up to but god's going to start raising up his people that's right that are going to move in true power that's right so now tell so let's go back to tell your story because yeah. i know your story i mean okay. here you had become a fairly well-known young actor yeah i was on some shows and stuff you know general hospital who's the boss you know a couple of different jake and the fat man 30 something you know did some national commercials um, but you know, I, I miss my friends. I was 16. I wanted to go and hang out in high school. So my mom was like, yeah, if you want to go back, you can. So, you know, cause I, it, when you're doing child acting, you're on the set, you know, so you don't, you don't have your friends there, you know? So I just wanted to go hang out, go to the parties, you know that. So anyway, went back for a couple of years, but I never stopped hanging around my Hollywood friends, you know, and the actors and the people. And so I got caught up in drugs and alcohol and all, all the things that come along with the Hollywood lifestyle. I was hanging around with a bunch of Disney actors and actresses and, you know, people that you would know, really well-known people. And, um, you know, and then, and then I had a moment of, um, you know, basically I went out with my parents to Hawaii to this like four square pastors retreat. And uh, they pulled me out there, but I didn't want to say no, because it was a free trip to Hawaii. And I go out there and I just have a radical uh, encounter with the Holy Spirit um, just rocked me, uh, you know, didn't expect it came back. I was living with my girlfriend at the time. I said, uh, we're going to have to move out. You know, we can't live together. She's like, what? I got saved in Hawaii. Um, what happened to you? What, you know, so, but I owed, I owed drug dealers, uh, thousands of dollars. The Lord made a way where I could get out of those. Um, there were so many different things that God did that got me out of my lifestyle of sin. And then ultimately two years into being saved, I got stabbed nine times. Uh, in Granada Hills, California. And every time I say that, people are like, what? You got stabbed nine times? I was walking through an apartment complex. I just come out of the gym and I was already, you know, serving the Lord, but not, I was kind of in and out, you know, that initial period of like, you know, kind of in and out, you know, still hanging out with some friends, but I was going to church. But this, this, you're kind of like trying to yeah, live both, both sides. Trying to figure it out because I didn't have any Christian friends yet. Right. And so it was so hard. I would go from like being at these really cool nightclubs. And, you know, hanging out with these people that most people would consider that success. And then all of a sudden I'm at this really conservative church. Everybody's wearing suits and they looked at me like I was like an alien. And I kind of looked at them like they were nerds. So like we both were kind of looking at each other like, you know, so it was hard for me to make Christian friends. Um, eventually I did. Um, but but when I got stabbed nine times, I went in the presence of the Lord. And I'll never forget this, Mary. It's, but you were just, because I know the story. You were just walking down the street. Just walking down the street. And this guy out of On nowhere. Meth, crystal meth. Yep. Yeah, comes and he stabs you nine times in the heart. That's right. He runs out of his apartment with like a knife like this big from his kitchen. Like I didn't even have a chance to even like, you know, figure out what was going on. All of a sudden, this guy runs up, stabs me in the heart. And then what happens is uh, he picks me up after stabbing me nine times and, and puts me in my own car. And takes me to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, I went in the presence of the Lord. 
and I saw the Lord, you know, kind of like in Isaiah six, you know, I didn't, I didn't physically see God, but I was in the presence of the Lord. And um, the Lord said, you want to live? Do you want to die? I said, I want to live. He says, if you live, you got to be sold out for me. You got to tell the people that I'm real and you got to go and, 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 you know, be an on fire Christian for the rest of your life. I said, yes, Lord. When I said that I woke up in the hospital and this woman looks down at me, she says, you should not be alive. But I was, I was saved by the grace of God. And so since then I went to seminary and became an evangelist and so much more that I could share. But I mean, um, God completely changed my life from being totally messed up in addiction, promiscuous lifestyle in Hollywood to being a minister of the gospel. So it's pretty crazy. Well, you know what I'm getting? I'm getting a word right now, uh, Todd. Right now, it's like this is the Super Bowl. Yes. We're in a Super Bowl. That's right. And right now, the bowls of heaven are getting ready to turn over, but we're in halftime right now. And we're, wow. we're in halftime, and God is saying that you have to either choose which way are you going to be. That's are you right. going to be in all the way, or are you going to be out? Like Todd tried to live a compromising yeah. life, tried to do both. Yeah. I've been there myself. We're not throwing any stones. Yeah. But you need to make that decision. Yeah. You could go in. Are you in, all in or are you all out? That's There's right. no gray anymore. That's no. why we're seeing a civil war in our country. Right. right now, you have to pick a side right now. I mean, so Todd, why don't you look at the camera? Because you know, let's round round this out. Yeah, uh, why don't you just look at the camera and just speak a word of life? I feel that there's people watching, share this and like it and, and send it out there because we're in a crossroads, we're at a halftime. Yeah, and why don't you share something? No, that's exactly it. We're at a moment of decision, and some people are wondering, you know, why am I alive in this time? You know, sometimes we think it's a mistake, but it's not a mistake. The reason why you're alive in this time. God has, has literally called you for a time as this. And it's a defining moment. Every one of us had to make this decision. I had to make the decision. Mary had to make the decision. You know, are we going to be lukewarm? Because the Bible says the lukewarm people are spit out. You know, the little leaven leavens the whole lump. Or are we going to be sold out? Are we going to make a decision? The biggest decision we'll ever make on this earth, which is to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and to truly live for him. And when we do that, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain. It doesn't mean everything's going to get, you know, perfect and, and there's going to be no problems. But what it means is you walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and, and you walk with the favor of God. You're in the optimal position for your life here on earth. And, and it also sets you up for eternity. And we're going to rule and reign in eternity with Jesus Christ, that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So it's the biggest decision we ever make. Once you make that decision and you start seeing, I will tell you, God has opened so many doors these last 23 years, I can't even tell you. I mean, I've been at the White House. I've been, uh, you know, Mar-a-Lago. But, you know, it's more than that. I mean, it's just the divine appointments. It's the, you know, all the things that I never thought that I would be, I'm not able to do in my own strength. But through God's favor and anointing and blessing, we see so many people getting healed. So many lives changed, marriages healed. Uh, people coming to know Christ healed from cancer. I mean, just so many amazing things that God is doing right now. And I believe he's calling somebody that, that's watching this right now. And you, you, you've said, Lord, show me a sign. Well, this is your sign. <laughs> you know, uh, God is calling us for a time as this. And uh, there's, there's, it's either heaven or hell. That's where we're going to go. And we, we need to choose life. Well, and, you know, just to, I've interviewed another friend of mine. Uh, she had been a stripper. I mean, she wasn't, I yeah. didn't know her when she was a stripper. Now she's a, a spirit-filled, born-again, you know, sold-out Christian working full-time for God. But she'd been, a, didn't, grew up not in the church, didn't really know anything about God. Right. And uh, she became a stripper at 16. You know, she kind of ran away, became a stripper. Yep. And she started dating a guy that had grown up in the church, yeah. but really wasn't walking with God. Yeah. And so she was cleaning his house one day and there was a Bible sitting on the, you know, the end table. 
And the Bible literally called out to her and he said, read me. What? She started reading the Bible. And of course, then when she'd go and do the lap dances or whatever in the strip club, she started talking about the Bible. Right. That's what happened to me when I was on drugs. I always start talking about God. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't think her, 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 probably she wasn't doing that well at the strip club, but it didn't matter because God was wooing her. Right. And so she one day was at her boyfriend. She was on the floor reading the Bible and she looked up and she sees Jesus mm. and she's, she saw herself in a prison cell and she heard God say to me, to her, you've got to invite me in. Yes. And, and she didn't know. Cause she didn't know, like you have to invite me in. He right. says, I stand at the door, door and knock. Yep. And so she said, Jesus come in. And she literally said, I saw this sandaled foot, like kind of like old, like, like right. 2000 year, you know, sandals yeah. from 2000 years ago. She said she saw Jesus foot cross into the cell mm. and literally went right into her heart. And there was this whole huge, like she saw angels and because the Bible says all the angels rejoice That's right. on earth when somebody gets saved. So yeah. right now you have got to ask him in. Yes. He said, point. behold, I stand at the door That's and right. knock. So in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you will confess with your mouth yep. and believe in your heart that Jesus yep. is Lord and raised from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved from hell. He never created hell for you. You know, my testimony was, I mean, I was raised in a Catholic church. Yeah. And I I thought there was a purgatory. Right. So that was my get out yeah, of hell free card. Yeah. Yeah. So when a girl asked me, where you going when you die? I said, well, right. probably purgatory. purgatory. And she said, there's no such place. So right. I was like, wow, I'm blonde, but not dumb. Right. And I thought like, oh, my gosh. So God then used what? that. Yeah. So what I'm saying in closing was one day, like, God started drawing me like you and like this Stephanie. And, and, and I knew that I knew nobody had to beat me over the head with the Bible at lunch. I said, Diane, I want, I want to accept God. Right. And so we went back to the office. I got down on my knees and I prayed a prayer that was just simple. Like Jesus come into my heart, forgive me of my sins yeah. and wash me in your blood. And when I prayed that prayer, I got up, I knew that I knew. Mm -hmm. That a transaction had occurred yep. and that my name was now written in the Lamb's book of life and that I no longer was, was, it says you're born again because your spirit was dead Yes. and now it's born again. That's right. So Todd, why don't you lead them? I really feel like yeah. there's somebody watching, lead them in yeah. that prayer. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, go and, ahead. And you know, the thing is too, like, I thought I was so dirty. I thought I was so mad. I thought a lightning bolt was going to hit me when I went to church. You know, I was like, ah, you know, why would God like me? I'm so messed up. But that's exactly who. Christ came for is he came for the sinner, you know, and so we're no better than you or anything that you might be going through. And you think, oh, my gosh, like, how can I, you know, God will wipe away every sin and he'll literally give you a whole new life. So that's what we're going to pray right now. So uh, if you just repeat after me, if you want today, today is the day. Don't let another day go by. I'm telling you today, there's a reason why you're watching this and, and what you feel, by the way, it's it, nothing that, you know, Mary and I could do. It's the spirit of God that you feel. It's you know, it's it, on my best day of preaching. You're not going to feel what you feel. If you feel something tugging on your heart, that's the presence of, of the Lord. And so uh, let's let's just pray right now. If you just repeat this, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for revealing yourself to me today. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I want to serve you all the days of my life. I commit my life to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just did that, you've stepped out of darkness and you've stepped into life and light in Jesus Christ. Like I said, it's the biggest decision you'll ever make here on this earth. And, and, you know, we'd love to hear from you. I'm sure Mary would love to hear from you. Let us know that you made that decision today.
Yes. And so thank you, Todd. Thank you. You know, where, where can they get a hold of you? Where can they watch your show at? Super easy. Just go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org, and you can see my show and all the information right there. Yeah. And thanks for watching. Now is the time. Now is the day. You know, it says today is the day of salvation. So you like and subscribe and share this broadcast, you know, all over because like Todd said, his, his video he did about the halftime went viral. Yeah. Um, well, you let, let this go viral because you know what? If today is the day of salvation, now is the appointed time. Just like my show is called Now is the Time. So thanks for watching. We are ready for a great awakening. That's right. You know, right now the devil has thrown everything at the world, trying to make people fear, trying to make people like mask as though you can't see their mask and six yeah. feet apart. And all that is a satanic ritual, actually. That's you right. know, six feet apart. Right. Why six feet? Why not like eight right. feet? Why, yeah. why not? You know, in the movies, Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise right. years ago, that's what they did. The mask yep. and all of that. It's, of it's it. a ritual and, and it's demonic. And so just step out of that. Get away from fear. This is your year that the heaven's going to cheer yes. as you accept Jesus into your heart. And and your kids, too. You know, this is the year for the prodigals to come that's home. That's right. I believe that. Your children. Much. We're going to pray for your children. So God bless Thanks for watching. Now is the time. And thanks for watching. Coming to you live. Well, coming to you right here in Akron, Ohio, is Todd Coconato, Mary Crowley, for Now is the Time. God bless you guys. Thanks.